Hello, and welcome to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Margaret Parker. Today, I will be speaking with Stephanie G. Ames, MD, about the article, Hospital Variation in Risk-Adjusted Pediatric Sepsis Mortality, published in the May 2018 issue of Pediatric Critical Care Medicine. Dr. Ames is a Pediatric Critical Care Fellow at the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She is working with the Chrisma Center in the Department of Critical Care Medicine. Before we begin, do you have any disclosures to share, Dr. Ames? No, I do not. Okay. Pediatric sepsis is getting an increasing amount of attention both in the medical community and the lay community. Uh, I think it's about time. How did you become interested in hospital variation in pediatric sepsis mortality? So, as we know... Sepsis is common and a significant cause of morbidity and mortality worldwide in our pediatric population and something we see every day in our pediatric ICUs. Through the work of some great researchers, we have made some significant improvements in our understanding of pediatric sepsis, the pathophysiology, and the appropriate treatments over the past few decades. And this has really led to the development of evidence-based guidelines for the treatment of pediatric sepsis. And specifically during my training, a large focus in the literature I've noticed has been on improving patient outcomes through implementation of these guidelines. There's been a lot of single-center studies looking at initiation of quality improvement programs and quality improvement initiatives dedicated to implementation of emergency department protocolized care focused on these guidelines. And a lot of these centers have seen improvement in their patient outcomes. Really, this concept of protocolized care has now shifted in recent years to become more a part of health policy. Uh, New York State landmarkly uh, implemented their sepsis regulations in 2014, mandating that all hospitals in the state develop and implement an evidence-based protocol for the recognition of treatment of sepsis, and then also requires these hospitals to then report their adherence and outcomes to the Department of Health. And New York is really just the first of many states considering regulatory mechanisms to improve the quality of sepsis care in their hospitals, which is leading to a new era as clinical guidelines are turned into legislative mandates. And with this focus on improving pediatric sepsis through both quality improvement and now with health policy, uh, we felt it was really crucial to be able to measure the success of these programs through accurate and reliable outcome measurement. And that's really what we aim to do with our study. How did you go about doing this study? Uh, So our overall goals for the study were first to develop a model to assess hospital performance using administrative claims data by comparing hospitals on a risk-adjusted patient outcome for pediatric sepsis. First, we wanted to develop and validate the model, and then we wanted to apply it to a large statewide data set. And we chose a method of developing the model to compare hospital-specific risk-adjusted mortality rates because it's a commonly used quality metric to benchmark hospitals used in many other fields of medicine. So to perform a study, we used a retrospective data set using administrative data from the Pennsylvania Healthcare Cost Containment Council. Uh, this is a unique data set in Pennsylvania that has, includes all inpatient admissions in the state of Pennsylvania and is linked to death certificates, allowing us to see 30-day mortality rates. And using this data set, we evaluated all patients under the age of 19 with a diagnosis of sepsis or septic shock using both an explicit and implicit coding system to evaluate our, this patient population. How did you risk adjust for the pediatric sepsis patients? So first, after we identified all the patients in the data set under the age of 19 with with the diagnosis of sepsis, we wanted to include patients that were similar to patients seen in acute care hospitals and therefore eliminated patients admitted to maternity hospitals or psychiatric hospitals. 
And we initially found, using this criteria, approximately 9,000 inpatient admissions for pediatric sepsis admitted to 153 hospitals in Pennsylvania over our time period. And after selecting our initial patient population, we then eliminated hospitals with less than 10 pediatric sepsis cases annually because it's really difficult to reliably assess their true performance with such low numbers using our model. Interestingly, this eliminated majority of hospitals in the analysis, and after this analysis, our final, or after this elimination, rather, our final analysis included about 6,500 patients admitted to just 24 hospitals. And for these hospitals, hospital-specific unadjusted mortality ranged from 1.5 to 11.9%. To kind of get to your question, we then performed a hierarchical logistic regression to calculate hospital-specific risk-standardized mortality rates. And we adjusted for age, gender, admission source using an emergency department indicator, severity of infection type, presence of organ dysfunction, and then presence of chronic complex conditions. And this hierarchical modeling approach that we use is a pretty standard approach to benchmarking hospitals. And it's really important to benchmark, or really important to benchmark hospitals by risk-adjusted measures in order to ensure that our assessment of the patient outcomes is not determined by patient characteristics or severity of illness, but rather by the actual quality of care provided. In addition to risk adjusting, it's also important for our model to be reliability adjusted so that low volume centers are not penalized for variation that's due to random chance rather than the quality of care provided. However, as we saw in our study, this makes it really difficult to assess performance in low volume centers. So what did you find in the uh, centers that, in the data that you were able to use from the 24 hospitals? So I think there were several very interesting findings of our study. And kind of as I've alluded to, one notable finding is that majority of the hospitals in the state were eliminated from the analysis because they didn't have enough patient volume to be reliably assessed. So therefore, for the overall 24 remaining hospitals, they still had pretty low numbers with the median number of inpatient admissions being 68 patients. And therefore, with low volume of patients seen at most hospitals, this led to significant difficulty in using this traditional modeling approach to compare hospital performance. After our risk adjustment, we found that the variation in mortality was very narrow and ranged only from 6.2 to 7%. And as I kind of mentioned earlier, this narrow variation is due in part in our model, due in part to our modeling approach as it shrinks small volume hospital mortality rates towards the overall mean. And this may be misleading to say that the hospital mortality rate was only 6.2% because it can hide poor quality of care at small hospitals, but then also ensures that these hospitals are not penalized for random variation. Therefore, overall, we concluded that this minimal variation seen due to low volumes in most centers makes the standard approach to benchmarking less useful for understanding hospital quality in pediatric sepsis care. Can you tell us something about the hospitals that were included? Sure. So for majority of these hospitals, they were large, large teaching hospitals. In fact, over 90% of them were large teaching hospitals. And majority of the patients were, in fact, admitted to a children's hospital. Of the hospitals that were excluded, almost 70% of the hospitals were excluded for their low volumes. And these are more the community hospitals where quality improvement initiatives may be very helpful to improve their quality of care provided, but unfortunately we're unable to assess them. So can you talk a little bit about the limitations of currently available measures? You kind of alluded to some of it, but um, using risk-adjusted mortality to compare hospitals is challenging, at least for pediatric sepsis, for some of the reasons that you talked about. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Sure. Well, when we sought out to assess the quality of care provided at hospitals, you know, there's really several ways to assess quality of care. 
first you could do so with the, measuring the structures or processes of care, uh, but the most common way to assess quality of care is to use an outcome measure, um, and we chose, therefore chose to compare hospitals in an outcome measure. And we chose mortality initially as our outcome measure because, one, it's really important to patients and their families, and it's also readily available for assessment in large data sets. However, as I mentioned, our study highlights the importance of recognizing the limitations of using mortality as a quality measure due to the low mortality rates in pediatric sepsis and low patient volumes at most centers. Currently, there are other outcome measures available that measure functional outcomes, which are very important to families as well such as the functional status score. However, these scores are not readily available to use for benchmarking because they're not broadly available in a diverse patient population in large data set. I, I think what what you found in Pennsylvania is, a, is similar to what is true in New York, that there are a relatively small number of hospitals that see the bulk of the patients, but there's a very large number of hospitals that see a few patients, which... Um, is part of what drove the state of New York to uh, make the regulation you talked about uh, at the beginning, but does make it challenging to compare quality in different institutions. What do we have to do to move the field forward? What what we, what do you think that we need to do next? Sure. I think, so New York is, in addition to their mandated approach to having every hospital have an evidence-based guideline and protocol for adher- or recognition and treatment of septic shock, and that they also are requiring mandated reporting. So we'll see some interesting data coming out of New York to look at how this implementation of their guidelines has improved patient outcomes through their mandated reporting. But this isn't useful kind of looking on a national stage or, or, multi- or other states because they won't have the same mandated reporting. Um, so we need to look for other approaches to measure quality. Um, And I think we need to consider other patient-centered relevant outcome measures. As mentioned, there's currently none readily available that are useful on a large scale. So I think we need to develop novel methods to assess patient outcomes in large data sets or begin to collect that data in a large scale. Um, So our group has been working on novel approaches that build off our results, such as the use of a composite measure or other derived functional outcome measures in administrative data or large EHR data sets. And we're hopeful that we'll be able to use a new outcome measure that is meaningful to families and useful in the assessment of variation in hospital performance in the future so that we can use this outcome measure to identify high-performing hospitals first in order to learn from them and emulate their behaviors, and then also to identify low-performing hospitals in order to spark change that will lead to better outcomes for these patients. What kind of composite measures are you thinking about studying? So we have looked at uh, some other literature in surgical populations where they have similar problems with low volumes and low mortality rates, Um, and we've thought about using composite measures that combine weighted scores of mortality as well as other uh, factors that play a role in in, um, patient quality and aggregate this into a score to increase the precision of mortality assessments. A lot of things we could use, and we're currently in the process of developing what this could include, but it could include hospital volume, hospital-specific mortality rates, and other events related to quality, um, such as timing of care and central line-associated infections, things like that. At this point, from your study, using hospital-level risk-adjusted mortality is not going to be, at least for pediatric sepsis, is not a particularly helpful quality measure and uh, so regulators should not be looking just at that in terms of 
assessing quality of hospital care? Yes, with the, with the data sets we have available to us to assess all hospitals, it's not a useful measure at this point in time. Um, but I don't think we should look to abandon outcome measures as, a, as our primary measurement of quality, particularly in pediatric sepsis. I think we just need to develop a new method to do so. Do you have any final comments you'd like to make? I just want to thank you very much for this opportunity to talk about my research, and I would also like to thank my research team, particularly Jeremy Kahn and Billy Davis, for their incredible mentorship during this project. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you. We have been talking today with Dr. Stephanie Ames from the University of Pittsburgh about the article, Hospital Variation in Risk-Adjusted Pediatric Sepsis Mortality, published in the May 2018 issue of Pediatric Critical Care Medicine. Thank you for joining us today. This concludes another edition of the iCritical Care podcast. Please check out our website at www.sccm.org slash iCriticalCare for more information. For the iCritical Care podcast, I'm Dr. Margaret Parker. Margaret Parker, MD, MCCM, is professor of pediatrics at Stony Brook University in New York and is the director of the Pediatric Intensive Care Unit at Stony Brook Children's Hospital. A former president of the Society of Critical Care Medicine, Dr. Parker is involved in quality improvement and standardization of care in the pediatric ICU, as well as resident education. Her clinical interests include sepsis and septic shock in children. Join or renew your membership with SCCM, the only multi-professional society dedicated exclusively to the advancement of critical care. Speak with a customer service representative or visit www.sccm.org slash membership for more information. The iCritical Care podcast is copyrighted material and all rights are reserved. Statements of fact and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of authors and participants and do not imply an opinion on the part of the Society of Critical Care Medicine or its officers or members. To contact the editorial staff of the iCritical Care podcast with questions, comments, or ideas, please email iCriticalCare at sccm.org or info at sccm.org.